so it's, it's cool to get to speak um, to the adult people. But, because um, when you're, <laughs> I don't mean that bad, but, you know, when, when you teach little kids, you take this and you make it to where they understand it. But when I come up here, you got to have it together, so to speak. But uh, <laughs> first, <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't want to say the elderly, but, you know, because I'm getting pretty close, too. So, uh, but no fun intended. Um, this first Peter that Aaron has started, this uh, elect exile, really touched me this last couple of weeks as I studied when Pastor Aaron gave me the scripture to do this. Um, the first time I read it, I bawled in my living room. Um, we've read this. We'll go over this scripture in a second, but I've been the, I've read this scripture many times before. But what for Christ did for you uh, is beyond what we can even think or fathom. Um, But I want to start off with really quick. Let's pray. You ready to pray? Let's bar heads. Father, we just thank you for this day. <laughs> Father, I thank you, one, for this church. I thank you for our worship team, Kelton, and the group. Father, what a group. Their music wrecks me. And I hope it does your people, Father. Be with us today as we read your word, Father God, and I know that Sometimes they're just simple scriptures, but they're so profound, and your word will touch us, and I pray that it touches your people. In your name I pray, and everybody said, amen. amen. How valuable are you? Do you ever realize to think about that, to stop and just give that a thought, how valuable you are? I mean, if, if we think about, thank you, thank you. You knew I was going to need these, didn't you? Oh, I got two of them bringing them up. <laughs> They, they must really know me well. Uh, um, <laughs> I'm a pretty emotional guy when it comes to this. But, uh, but you are so valuable, and I don't think we realize your part. Even you sitting here, you have a part in this church. You realize that? You might not teach. You might not speak. But that person sitting next to you or across the aisle might need something, a word from you. So you have value. Everybody has value. Some things I learned this week as I studied. This book bleeds red, you guys. From Genesis, Genesis to Revelation. 300 times it talks about the blood in here. And if you take time to read it, It'll wreck your heart to where you won't have anybody to look forward to but to Christ. Like I said this week, it tore me up. My wife came in. She says, what's wrong with you? I said, I don't know. But, uh, but I said, well, you know, Scripture, sometimes it speaks to you. If you'll sit there and get quiet enough and he'll speak to you, it'll, if it doesn't wreck you, there's something that's wrong, okay? It should speak to you. The third one, that he would love us enough to send his only son, Jesus Christ, to die the horrible death. I think sometimes the churches, not this church, but there are other churches that won't talk about the blood because it's too gory, because it's just too nasty. Of course, I can't show this to the kids downstairs, 
because some of them would probably run out. But for adults, and now sometimes it's even tough for us, that he would die the death he did and to pour out his love for you. And the fourth one, the, prof- the profound, deep love that Christ had for me and for you is incredible. And I hope today, we get, when we get through this, that you will feel that. Uh, let's open our Bibles to 1 Peter. Go to the first chapter. We're going to read 17 through 21. Now, there's a word in there we're going to talk about as you're doing that. I'll just talk real quick. The word redeemed has such a profound meaning. It means be bought back, that Christ would pay a price for you. If you think about that, from the foundation of the world, Christ knew, or Jesus, or God knew, sorry, God knew that he was going to send his son to come here. Are you guys there? I need to get there myself. All right, ready? Let's read real quick. And remember that the Heavenly Father to whom you pray has no favorites. He will judge or reward you according to what you do, so you must live in reverent fear of him during your time here as temporary residence. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver which loses their value. It was the precious blood of Jesus Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began, and now in these last days he has been revealed for your sake. Through Christ, you, you have come to trust in God, and you have placed your faith and hope in God because he raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. Aren't you thankful that he has no favorites? Amen. Sometimes I feel like we're not adequate enough. Some days I don't think I'm adequate to come up here and speak. But with Christ in my heart, I know I can speak and to get his word through. But one, he has no favorites. We're to live in reverent fear. And that is to be in awe of his holiness, to give him complete reverence and to honor him as God of great glory, majesty, purity, and power. I believe that's what Kelton and this group that we have, this worship team, you guys don't know what you mean to this church. Okay? I don't think you guys know that. Dennis, Jim, Vicki, Kelton. Hope I'm not missing any. Aaron and uh, Kyle. I didn't forget you, man. I didn't forget you. Even though you're wearing that Iowa shirt, but we'll let it slide. <laughs> but... Uh, but to come up here and to, I was ready to go home after they got done singing. I mean, I don't get that a lot when I'm downstairs. I'm downstairs quite a bit, but it's, a, it's awesome to come up here and to hear you guys. It's a lot different when you sit in the front. Usually I try to hide in the back. I'm not like the Corys. They're right up in the front. But I got to hear all you guys sing today, and that's incredible, which, how you guys sound. Not just these guys, but you in general. But... To give him, make sure you give him reverence. Reverence is not a cringing, slavish fear. It's about how you live day by day. Back in 1991, I was in the Army for a while, and I went to war for the Gulf War. And um, before I left, I talked to my grandfather, and he said, um, are you ready to go? And I said, no. Um, of course, I was like, what, 18, 19 years old, I think. Um, scared to death, was just out of high school. And, uh, well, I wasn't just out of high school, but a little bit down the road. But um, I got talking to him one time, and I said, Grandpa, is it, is it okay to be fearful? And he looked at me, and he said something I'll never forget. He said, 
Sometimes it's good to be fearful because it keeps you sharp. Okay? And these days and hours we're living in right now, are you all a little bit fearful? Yeah. Am I the only one? Okay. Things on TV, things going on with Israel, maybe even in your own lives there's chaos. But sometimes that fear, you don't want to let it overpower you because you have Christ in your life. But that fear will keep you, I don't want to say calm, but it'll keep you, on, it'll keep you straight. You get what I'm saying? Reverend fear is also as healthy. We should never ignore him or treat that casually. Um, in verse 18, it talked about temporary residence. You know, I used to, you always hear people that honor, the, talk about honoring the United States and how they love the United States, and I get it. I've been to two wars, um, and I like it, but I don't love it. My wife has a way of telling me, when we gave away her old truck, I thought I was going to break her heart. And uh, one, because it was paid off. But uh, I, the thing was falling apart. And I said, it's, you need to shoot the dog. She's probably going to watch this today, so pray for me. Um, but uh, she didn't want to get rid of it, and she, but she loved her truck. Well, I like my truck. She always says, you don't love your truck? No. I love you and I love my dog, but I don't love my truck. Okay? So, but being a temporary resident, aren't you thankful for Christ, church? You know? If it wasn't for him, where, if you ever sit back and think about that, where would you be right now if, if God didn't send his son? He'd have probably wiped us out. But I'm thankful for Christ to come because as I sat there this week and I read this, it really hit me when he talks about what value you are, what value we are to him, and how we're not paid for with just man-made things. Um, we should never be too attached to this culture. Don't ever do that. Don't get so attached to here. You should be ready to leave, church. John Hagee, I don't know how many of you watch John Hagee, but he always says, pack up, look up, we're going up. I love that when he says that, because I know the time is coming. The time is short, as Pastor Aaron has spoke of. Never get too hooked on stuff, you lose sight of Christ. In verse 18, it talks about God places value on each one of you. You have been redeemed, set free by a price. As the worship team sang today, man, Kelton, you knock it out of the park, buddy. I'm telling you. Um, yeah, the new drummer, amen. In the first century slave market, people would put chains, people would be in chains and they'd be on parade and a price would be given to set that slave free to come home with the owner or to be let go. The owner would pay money, which means there was value placed on that person. Vance uh, Havner said, salvation is free, but it's not cheap. Don't ever look at your salvation when you raise your hand and you accept Christ in your life. Don't ever, ever, ever look at that as being cheap. Okay? Don't ever do that. The term redemption means to place value. Simply put, you are precious to God. We always talk about the love of God. In John 3, 16, 
it talks about, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. I want you to look at that first part of that, for God so loved the world. The essence of God's character besides his holiness church is love. It states it two, that two times in the first gospel of 1 John. D.L. Moody, I don't know if you allowed Ovia, a lot of you who know who D.L. Moody was, even as an evangelist, he looked up every reference in his concordance to God's love and came, up to the, came to the conclusion that there is no truth in the whole Bible that ought to affect us as much as the love of God. God is love. It's easy to say, but hard to believe. Kelton or Kelly and I talked about this morning, and I think I was talking to Jim about that. I don't think sometimes we realize, church, the love of God. I don't think we really can as far as being human. Um, there was a lady that bought a bracelet. She was overseas and bought this bracelet, and it was just a few dollars. But when she came back through customs to come home, customs stopped her and said, hey, can we see that bracelet? And they said, she said, sure. And they looked at it, and they made her, she said, you're, they said, you're going to have to pay some money for this to get it back home with you. So she did, not thinking anything. So she gets home, and she was still kind of curious about why they would make her pay to get this cheap-looking bracelet back. And so she went to a pawn shop. And the guy looked at her and he says, I'll give you $20,000 for that right now. And she was, they, she was like, what? And, and she said, well, let me think about it. So a little while later, she stopped off. She went to a jewelry store and they looked at it. And the guy said, I'll give you $35,000 right now before you leave for this bracelet. And she goes, well, how come... You guys, one guy offers me 20 and then you offer me 35. What's, the, what's up with this bracelet? And he said, well, come over here. Let me show you. And he flipped the bracelet over. And on the back of it, it said, from Napoleon Bonaparte to Josephine. And it's not about the bracelet itself, you guys. It was Napoleon Bonaparte was on the back but it was based on the subject that gave it. Now, if you think about what God give, there's this unbelievable value in that, something that money can never touch, and that is you. If you think about that, Christ died for you. As I sat there this week, I thought, from the foundation of the world, God said he was gonna send his son. He knew, he knew that Adam and Eve were going to blow it. He didn't just wait and say, oh, well, they dropped the ball again. Come on, son, let's go. You know, he didn't do that. He already knew. He already knew, but yet he still came. And that just blows my mind. I don't know why it does now. I've, like I said, I've read this before, and it's never affected me that much till now when I look back and I see that. Your value comes from the fact that you are loved by God of the universe. But something more valuable than gold and silver, this stuff makes gold and silver like dirt. 
compared to anything else. There's a thing called anti, I didn't realize this, but I found out this this week. There's a thing called anti-hydrogen. It is $1,771 trillion per ounce. To get your minds wrapped around that, that's 1771 and then 12 zeros after it. I can't even imagine that. I try to think about that too. I can't count to 10. That's a lot of money, but God would pay the big bucks to buy you back. Amen? But before we get there, we have a problem. Your predicament in verse 18 says your aimless conduct, that means you're going in the wrong direction. Before you came to Christ, your life was pretty much in vain. You were just doing your own thing, walking around, going the wrong way. I think we put it up here. Did we put that up here today in the New King James? I think New King James explained it a little bit better. I think that's one I had Kelly change for me. But that means you're just walking in the wrong direction until Christ got a hold of your life. Elvis Presley died in a hotel room in Las Vegas. He wrote a letter, and that letter said, I feel so alone sometimes. He wrote a song called Heartbreak Hotel. How do you remember that one? And in that song, he said, I feel so lonely I could die. And he actually, later on, he became the person in that song. You feel so alone without Christ in your life until he gets a hold of you and you realize how much you're worth. I don't think you'll ever understand it. In Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 2, Solomon said, vanity, vanity, all is vanity. Life is tasteless and meaningless. Anything, everything under the sun was not worth anything. Because he had it all. Solomon was rich. How many of you wish you were rich, huh? And Jesus said in Mark chapter 8, verse 36, What shall it profit a man to gain the whole world, but yet lose his soul? Aren't you thankful that God didn't let you get too far gone before he got a hold of your life? There are so many people, I was thinking about this, I was sitting in the front, there are so many new faces in this place. Sometimes people come to the church every week. Some come every week, every other week. Some of them come through the door when they feel like they've sinned enough. They've got to come in to get clean. Don't ever do that. Be here every week. Okay? Be here every week. Like I said before, God knew all along, before the foundation, that his son would come. The blood of Christ is the price of your purchase or redemption. Our transaction with God is not mere gold or silver economy. It's a life or death economy. There's only two places we can go when, we're, when our life is over here. You're going to go to heaven or you're going to go to hell. Which one are you going to do? Christ gave his life's blood to buy us out of sin and death. His blood is a worthy price and provides an imperishable bond between God and man. In the Bible, when sin first came in with Adam and Eve, they offered a lamb without spot or blemish. With Adam and Eve, it was one lamb. And the second time... The second time, it was during Pentecost, where the blood was put above the lentil and the doorposts during Passover, where God said, I will pass over you. 
I will not harm or touch you. In Leviticus chapter 23, they would take the hyssop and they would put it in the blood and they would drip the blood on the mercy seat. That was one lamb for one nation. But then you get to the New Testament where John's standing there and he says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You know, there's a lot of things that you guys, you a lot of ladies that do a lot of laundry and stuff for your husbands and, um, yes, amen. And um, we use different things that take sin away, or take not take sin away, but take the stains away. But there was nothing until Christ that could take away the sin stain. He had to be the sinless, spotless lamb, you guys. There could be no sin in his life at all. Not one bad thought, not one bad deed. And he came and he, he came and he did it all. He came here and took care of all of it. If you think about when he was on the cross, talking to, matter of fact, I was talking to Jim Keller this morning. And when Jesus was in the garden and he was praying, let this cup pass from me. Him and I were talking, we believed that God was laying on the sin that he would bear for all of us. There's a song that we always sing. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And then that last one, oh, precious is the flow. It washes me white as snow. If you'll sing that, well, some of us better not sing. You don't want me singing, but. Uh, but today, I hope that after today, if you haven't placed your hope and your faith in God, that you do that before you leave today. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Don't ever let it go by. Don't walk out the door because you might not make it home. Pastor Morris says we're not guaranteed the next five minutes of your life. You never know when he's going to come. There's a lady that laid, I'm going to close with this, Kelton. A lady lay dying in her home, and a parish priest came to visit. And he thought this woman needed her last rites. He felt he needed to visit everyone in his parish before they died. She saw the priest come in, and she seen him, and she says, what are you doing here? And he said, I have come to give you absolution. I'm here to forgive you. And she said, show me your hands. She said, show me your hands. And she said, sir, you are an imposter. For the one who forgave my sins has nail prints in his hands. Hmm. She said, I've been redeemed by the precious blood of Christ, the lamb without blemish or spot. Are you? Do you know him today? Sometimes we have to be honest with ourselves, and sometimes that's pretty tough. Because our society doesn't look at life like that. 
They want to make it look like you're all shiny on the outside and you're breaking inside. Even I get that way every now and then. We get our nose out in front of ourselves. And Is that who you trust in? My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I ask you, I implore you today, don't do that. Believe what he'd done for you. Because without that blood, we've got nothing. We talk about Christ coming, him dying and rising, and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. But we forget sometimes about the blood that washed away your sin. Without that, we're done. I want you to think about that. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Think about that, church. Think about your life. I have to think about it every day. I thank him for the blood that washed my sin away. Every time I sin, I sometimes I think, God, thank you for washing it. Because back then they had to kill a lot of lambs to take care of that. How'd you like to do that? every head bowed and every eye closed if you've never done that you've never believed on his blood or believed in Christ and you'd like to believe you know you'd like to do so today or maybe you've got something you need to get rid of look at me real quick You know, when I looked at this this week, I realized how much he loved me, how much I've screwed up in my life, but yet he still loved me. If you were the only one on the planet right now, you that are looking, he would come and die for you today. He would come and do that for you today. That just... I don't think we can even fathom the love that he has for you. And I'll just close with this. Father, you guys, I think that what he done for us, I ask that you go out of here today and, and remember some of this that I spoke today. It will make a profound impact in your life as you live your day. I know it has me. I know it has me. Father, I thank you for this day, Lord. I thank you for your people. I thank you for your son who would leave heaven to come for a person like me, a sinner. What could we ever say, Father God, for what you've done? God, I thank you for each of these today. Lord, I ask that you would be with them and ask that you would bless their lives. In Jesus' name I pray.